Welcome to the Superiority Complex 8th Anniversary Spectacular. <laughs> I kid, of course. There is no 8th Anniversary Spectacular. Why, you ask? Why? Because I always forget that it's our anniversary until the last second. And then I try to slap something together like a good pro- uh, procrastinator. I couldn't even think of the word procrastinator there. I can't even do that right. But once again, dear listeners, I forgot that it was our anniversary coming up. And it just happened to fall on a day that we recorded. So we did record. Uh, you'll hear us make mention of the fact we do acknowledge that it's our our anniversary and we talk about it a little bit, but there's nothing spectacular in the episode. So I wanted to take a moment to say thank you, because if you're listening to this now, that means you're one of the people that have made this podcast last for eight years. So you can, you can either take the credit or the blame, depending on where you land on that side of the fence. Although if you hate it, I don't understand why you're listening. I, you know what though? I do understand because I will hate, listen and hate watch stuff. I, that's, that has to be how Fox news operates, right? Like a good portion of that has to be just people hate watching, right? Uh, let's not get political. Uh, I'm kidding. Everything's political. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent that I can't get myself out of. What I really wanted to say was thank you guys so much for helping this show, uh, continue on for eight years. Um, it's a lot of fun. Nobody gets paid. We don't make any money. We don't have any advertisers or anything like that. So this is just done. It's a labor of love. And, uh, these conversations, I, I, I miss having these conversations with my close friends. And so I got a bunch of people together and now I make them have these conversations and I make you guys listen. So you can tell why this is called the superiority complex. I'm obviously some kind of egomaniac who's in love with the sound of his own voice. And if you can't tell that from this intro, then you haven't been paying attention. Uh, thank you to everybody, all our podcast friends, all of our listeners. We thanked a bunch of people on Twitter today. Um, I don't want to go into naming names because I'm going to forget somebody. I'm going to feel bad, but there's a lot of people who support this show, retweets, telling their friends, uh, interacting with us. You know who you are and you know how much we appreciate you. And, uh, I can't thank you enough. So without further ado, happy eighth anniversary to everybody. Uh, enjoy the show. From the Los Angeles Underground, it's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to The Superiority Complex, everyone. I can't even pronounce the name of our old show, our own show. Let's start over. Welcome back to The Superiority (laughs) Complex, everyone. Your new favorite (laughs) podcast. It's our eighth anniversary. John, hit it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thanks, John. Eight years, man. Eight years I've been doing this podcast. Now, here's Whoa. some Yeah, here's some fun facts. Uh, we first, the rest of the crew, Patrick was first, I was told. I forgot the actual timeline. Patrick was first, then we brought in Justine, then we brought in... Um, uh, just uh, no. What's the word I'm looking for? We brought in Jake. 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 So John was John was already here. John was already here. John's first appearance on the show, April 26, 2013. Wow. 
Uh, John did not appear as a regular until I believe 2015, John, was the time you came in as a regular on the show. So that's that's mm. that's a that's pretty close now. That's uh, that's six yeah, years that's now. Still, You've been with the show a while. Yeah. Um, so October 2016, we brought Patrick in. Shortly thereafter, we brought Justine, and then Jake started in November of 2016, um, and that's where we've been since now. And then we started the Digital Movie Club. Uh, Justine has that on the spreadsheet. I'm not going to make her look for it, but if you find the uh, if you look at our look up the spreadsheet online, we have it posted. We'll post it up for you. Uh, we will get that for you, that info. And, oh, Justine left so that we wouldn't she's ask looking. her. I'm sure she's looking for it. She left so we wouldn't uh, ask her to look it up. I in January 31st, 2018, episode 205. So 2018 was when we started the Digital Movie Club. We're only into the, we haven't even hit the 90s yet because we've gone back and nope. it's 2021 now. So we've been at this a while. So I mean, J- the problem is we think we're time travelers and, then and the theme, going back and forth. The theme song started on March 14th, 2018. So that's coming up. We got an anniversary for that. We're going to do an anniversary <laughs> show for that. Let me write that down. March 14th. We need a full we need a full production yes. for that one. Somebody online uh, break some copyright laws and do that for us. Mm-hmm. Please and thank you. Mhm. Uh, it's only illegal if you get caught. We need we need to not yeah we need to not play the exact theme. We need to make something that's reminiscent of the theme. Yeah yeah. So all you musicians out there, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, you know, we, of course we want to thank our number one fan. Um, let me let me You're let fine. me ask you guys a question. Uh, we'll poll the audience. We'll poll the we'll poll the 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 crew. Who do you think is our number one fan, Justine? If you had to pick a number one fan, who would you say it is? Your wife. All right. You're, you, yeah. say, you say my wife? Uh, Probably the longest fan. Patrick? Mm-hmm. I don't think she's a fan, but yeah, Nicole. All right. Uh, I think she tolerates us. Jake, what do you say? <laughs> because, yeah, because I wouldn't necessarily call Nicole like a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be the, the lily pot. There you go. John, like, what do you say? Like She's the one. Yeah, it seems like the lily pot gets the most mentions, so she's probably... The one that, outside of Nicole, never misses an episode. You guys are wrong. It's Eric of Aragon. Uh, ah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There is no number one. I mean, obviously. Yeah, how uh, do you know? How would ob- you know? Obviously, my wife gets a shout out because she supported the show from the beginning. We used to do the the show right from the dining room. Do you remember that, John? You were there in the in the, in the the living room days when we yeah. used to do it in, in, yeah. my, in the dining room, living room, dining room of my our apartment. And... Um, God, that was a great apartment. I was sad to give that up. I really was. Yeah, <laughs> I was really sad. That to was give a up. cool apartment. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, but uh, you know, we're here now, so it's good. And then we got into a big studio there with uh, Undercity Comics. Shout out to Renee Bravo, our producer. Shout out to uh, Stupid Woman's Stupid Human Suit, not Stupid Woman. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm sorry, Emma. I'm sorry, Are you from Emma. The 40s or what? Wow. What? You could edit that out. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm from out. the 40s. No. Uh, I love it. I love how they just they just parachuted in. Are you done with the 40s or what? <laughs> no, she said, "I'm." Are you from the 40s? Because I said, "Stupid woman." I was, of course, shouting out oh. Emma. Shout out to our friend Sue, owner and proprietor over there at at Undercity. Renee. 
all our friends from uh, Undercity. Shout out to all you guys. But yeah, we have a lot of. I mean, there's so many people to thank. Uh, that I, I recorded a little thing uh, at the start, and you'll hear you'll hear it when we add the when you guys do the show. I, did, I recorded a little thank you reel because I didn't want to go into it on the show. It'll take too long to thank everybody, but yeah, John, we've we John, you've burned through a lot of uh, co-hosts. A lot of people don't really. What people don't understand is John is nice way to put it. Yeah, well, John has this persona. Everybody loves him. He's friendly and everything. Behind the scenes, difficult to work with. Uh, so Tawny couldn't work with him. Caitlin couldn't work with him. Martin couldn't work Gee. with him. So uh, right now, Patrick, Justine, and and it's three of them. So they kind of you know use each other for protection when John's just berating them after the show. Cause what we wow. do is after the show, we, 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 I hit stop on the recorder and John is really the one that, that breaks the show down. We do a post postmortem on the show and John really, everybody, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard, if you've ever heard the buddy rich or the Paul Anka tapes, but it's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. It's just a, a tyrant. Uh, you know, just uh, we all storm out at the end of the show. Yeah, I, and then I, yeah. I have to call for an hour. Yeah, I have to call everybody mm-hmm. back and just get guys. He didn't mean it, you know, Johnny. If you ever want to hear grown men cry, just listen to the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, I don't think anyone's buying this. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're trying to sell it. John's been drinking again, it. guys. Please come back. We'll do yeah. one more. I'll talk to him. And I'm afraid of him, so I never. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to confront him. But, no, uh, I, but, I ran into a doorknob. I tripped on the stairs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. The reality is. Uh, it was my fault. Are the you reality kidding? is uh, Mario uh, Mario barks at everybody and goes, I'm Charles Foster Kane. I do. I do. Yeah. I do like those when I have to get. I do like when I have to get tough because it takes you guys a minute to realize that I'm not kidding. And then you guys just kind of go, eh, and then just keep doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> At first we go, what was that all about? Yeah, what was that all about? Then they go to lunch it's without me. A, you mad? Yeah. Are you mad, bro? Are you mad, bro? And then it's they even better. It's a, you done yet? Like, can we continue? Yeah, then Patrick's like, I got to go. I got to pee or eat or get something to drink. And then he shuts. Hungry after the show. He goes, for, why don't you have a nice snack? I just had an apple. Uh, Justine just had a bowl of noodles. Nobody feeds me. Justine, why aren't you sharing your noodles with uh, Patrick? Are you guys? What's going on? Uh, he doesn't like it. Why hey, don't come you? On. Why don't you like Share it, Patrick? A noodle. I don't like spaghetti. Well, the fuck's wrong with you? Anyway, I don't like spaghetti. If you're listening yeah, I, and you're, I heard you, but I don't understand. I don't understand you don't like spaghetti at all? <laughs> no, I never have. Wow. Do you like pasta? No. I mean, like. Uh, no. Do you like air? Do you like breathing? Yes. Yeah, do you like happiness? Are you- well, wait a minute. You like ramen? Yes, I do like ramen. I, that's I like that's noodles. It's thing. not it's just Asian thing. noodles. It's, it's noodles. Asian pasta. Not the same. Asian pasta. No, this he doesn't like, like saying pizzas or open face sandwiches. Like what? Hmm. Say that again. If we go to pizzas like open face sandwiches, I have to make sure. I have to make sure there's pizza. Mm. He'll, I don't like Italian. He'll only eat pizza. If you go to no, an Italian, like Italian place, food. that's weird. That's like that's like the one Italian is like the one. It's like Mexican food. Everybody likes it. That's weird that you don't. Yeah. But then it makes sense that you don't like it. Like you of all people, like you have the like, palate of you have the right? palate of a five year old. You're like I like pizza and I like burgers. <laughs> no, 
I like a lot of things. I just don't like Italian food. <laughs> I like bread. That reminds me of the Al Madrigal a bit where he talks about taking his son. Like, you go to a busy restaurant and he's like, okay, we're not going to see this waitress again. So as soon as he gets here, have your order ready to go. And his like 11-year-old son's like, I don't know what to get. And he's like, let's stop pretending you like different shit. He's like, quesadilla, <laughs> quesadilla, chicken fingers, butter pasta, mofo. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, Patrick, that's weird. You're the only person yeah. I know that doesn't like Italian food. You don't like a, a lasagna? A calzone? No. Mm, I mean, yeah. calzone's just like a closed pizza. I, I would qualify that as pizza. What about a stromboli? Mm. Yeah. I'll eat, like, the closest thing I get to pasta is, like, linguine. That's or pasta? You, kind of, you don't mind a pesto. Yeah. No, I don't mind a pesto. But, like, I like it's red sauces mostly on pastas that oh, I Oh, well, then, get a, yeah, get a pesto. How about, uh, how about an antipasto? Uh, how about a primavera? <laughs> what if Boris Karloff said... Have an antipasto. How about a how about a a primavera, like a primavera with oil uh, and I don't think I've had veggies? A... Oh, good stuff. What about a puttanesca? It's a dirty word, puttanesca. No, all right. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna do some taste tests when we get back in the studio. Number one, we're gonna do a pasta episode. We're gonna get you some fideo. We're gonna get you some ramen. We're gonna Dude, get you Fideo's some good. some some uh, yeah. We're going to get you some pastas that you dig, all right? You dig? Oh, Justine is, uh, for those of you at home not not privy to the, to the feed, Justine is uh, striking a pose on her bed, not unlike Ava Gardner in The Killers right now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's... Uh, she's, like, rolling around the bed with the, <laughs> with the uh, TV. Roll, roll, roll in the hay. That's what she's doing right now. Look at that. She's got the light behind her. She's kind of reclining. That's like, Not unlike um, a Cleopatra. What do you call that lighting? It's like magic time where it's like... I'll say. Golden hour. I'll magic say golden, golden hour, yeah. Uh, yeah, not unlike an Ava Gardner. Um, all right. Let's... Well, guys, anyway, happy anniversary to us. Thank you guys for the last four years now uh, showing up here every day and letting me berate you. Um Hashtag committed. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, wait. It's longer. And emotionally damaged. It's five years. It'll be five years in October that you guys have been on the show. So uh, let me ask you a question. Justine, what's been your favorite episode we've done in the last five years? Four years. If you had to pick one. Um, when you introduced us to um, The Longest Day. Really? Wow! Look, look that up. That's you can look it up on our in the database. Whatever episode that is, I that is well, it changed everything. That that is one of my favorite episodes because how did it change, how did it change everything? Because then I started watching war movies after that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Somewhere. No, it's true. She became this war movie fan. Somewhere up in heaven, my dad is smiling. Uh, that the, the, someone is watching old war movies. Uh, Patrick, do you have a favorite? Uh, episode over the last any one where I uncontrollably lost my shit and just couldn't stop laughing there's a lot of those there's a lot of those <laughs> they're my favorite you do have a it's great such a laugh. Good feeling where i just keep laughing and cannot help it and i That's would like i would like to take credit for um at least half of those moments thank you very much i'd say one <laughs> no. you can't no. claim one 
<laughs> you can have one. I'll allow wow. one. <laughs> Jake, what about you? One. What about you, honey? Do you have any a, a favorite episode from the last four years? You mean none? Who are you talking to? No. I said Jake. Jake. <laughs> no. Yeah, who are you talking to? Jake. You. Me? That's Who's you. me? Who's that? This is good oh, radio. <laughs> there you go, guys. That's why we've been on the air for so long. You see it right there. There's a nice <laughs> yeah, demonstration. Yeah. Any my yeah. favorite moments are anytime anytime I get like some stupid ass comment that flies under the radar but Mario somehow catches oh, it. Last week was a good one. I had a long laugh. Uh I had a long laugh last night. Or last week. I had a, actually had a long light long laugh last night. But that was because of Call of Duty. Um I John say something, but- I was going to say, you look down. (laughs) That hurt, Justine. And uh, (laughs) I expected better on our anniversary. Uh, Um, But we're going to. Uh oh. Oh, there he is. He's back. back Okay. Uh, John, do you have any uh, favorite memories? Oh, I guess um, the show where we we realized that uh, Jake could do Walter Brennan impressions. Oh, there you go. Also a good one. Yeah. That was pretty funny. I think my favorite episode of... It's like, oh. wait a minute. Jake does Walter Brennan? I thought you were going to say, he, like, wait does a minute. does a dead-on Walter Brennan? <laughs> it can be funny. Of all the... Whoa. Yeah, of all, of all that. It is all very... It's all coming out today. Are you guys okay? I'm in a good mood. What's the matter with sexual. you guys? It's all, it's all very sexual. I'm in a great mood. What? What is going on? Uh... John, you've lost control of the show. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's been a it's been a great eight years, and everyone finally goes off the rails. It's great. I'm going to tell you guys that ranch dressing episode is probably my favorite. That was we- <laughs> oh, that one dunking mm-hmm. dunking jack in the box tacos into ranch dressing. It's still my favorite. I love it. That's your. You favorite? brought them. You brought them, didn't you? Out of you out of the episodes that we've done, yes. Yeah, that was fun. Or walking around E3, but you didn't go with us, Justine. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good, that one. Was a good time. Wa- walking around in what? E3, the the Electronics Expo. I wasn't there either. <laughs> oh, again, we're we're again. Now, well, we're now seeing well, reasons why it's my favorite. favorite. It was just okay. me and me and Patrick and and Jake and uh, I wasn't uh, fucking there. Oh yeah, it's just me and Jake. That's <laughs> right. Just you and me, and so, apparently Patrick. Uh, it's a good time. So I guess you only like it when it's you and Jake only on the show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, All the things are making sense. Finally right? comes out. I'm kidding. Way to bring it up. Uh, what I said, I said ranch dressing was you my know, favorite episode. We were all there you know, for ranch I've never, dressing. I've never truly been the favorite, so I really, I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my mom. <laughs> let's, let's not run with it. <laughs> Uh, Just let me have this moment. Yeah, then let you have it. No, that was one of my Get favorite. Get ahead of ourselves here, okay? Justine looks like she's reading in bed. What are you reading, Justine? Nothing. What, <laughs> <laughs> what were oh, you reading? Oh, oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. Nothing. Wait a minute. What were you that reading? Looks like the biography of Sean Connery. Wait a minute. <laughs> Is that a James Bond 
Wait a I minute. I feel like a James Bond book would be better than the movies, though. Read probably. Why don't you? Yeah, read, I would agree with. Why that. don't you read one of the novels? No. Why? <laughs> Wait a minute. She's reading a hardback first edition of From Russia with Love. Oh, that'd be in great. In bed. <laughs> She's nope, like, no, no, no. Moonraker. Moonraker. Wider than a mile. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, guys, what a great show. Uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> you want to start over? Yeah, okay. Well, it's an anniversary show. You're like, yeah, I want to start over. This is the end. He's all, yeah, I want to start over. I want to start over five years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to start uh, over around October of 2016. Just start right well, there. Hello. Just. Well, whoa. Hello. Well. What? Patrick. Oh, there you go. There you go. You're in. You dropped out for a second. <clears throat> oh, I couldn't hear you for a second. All right, guys. Is everybody in? Wow. Is everybody in? Well, the ceremony is about to begin. What are you doing there, John? A little beat poetry? Little uh, Jim Morrison. Oh! Is everybody in? I thought you were doing some Ferlinghetti there. Some, uh, oh, yeah. What, 101? 101. Uh, 101. Holy geez. cow. He saw some stuff. Probably man. still probably still lived uh, upstairs over the City Lights bookstore. Huh? Uh, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe. Doing some beat poetry. Boy, 101. There's some... Uh, there's some French nun that lived to be, uh, they just did her birthday. She was 117. They Can you believe that? They think, wow. they think that might not be true. <laughs> did she fake that? They did think, she fake it? They think she may have assumed her sister's identity who passed away. There's, oh. there's some, there's some, uh, I just read an okay. article about that woman. There's some, some con- hard to believe. There's some con- controversy there about whether or not that, mm. whether or not she, Okay. someone's identity. Yeah, so I don't know if that's, that's true. Pretty old. I mean, you hear about people that are like 109 or 107, but yeah, 117, that's pretty tough. By that time, you're guarding the you Holy think, Grail, you know? Yeah, exactly. You would think they would want some... Uh, yeah. They'd want to see your birth certificate or something if they were going to start reporting that. So have you to carry that rock around. Yeah, I guess she's starting to say Ooh. stuff now in her old age that, that uh, contradicted stuff that she had claimed before. So... They're just hmm. kind of, you know. So now they go, liar. Why yeah. must you turn this into a house of lies? <laughs> you sit on the throne of lies. Speaking thro- mm. of thrones of lies, <clears throat> guys, did you watch WandaVision? Did you catch up on WandaVision? Are we all caught yes. up? Yes. John, I, we're giving you heavy spoilers, and I apologize. Have you ever, have you ever? I don't care. Some point down the line, I'll watch it. <laughs> go ahead. Well, John, guess what? Dressed up, I, they dressed up in their old outfits. I heard that was pretty cool. John, it was it was Mrs. Kravitz the whole time. <laughs> Mrs. Kravitz. <laughs> so the, the you know there was a Mrs. Kravitz character in the first one, and she ends up being the friend, the neighbor, like the nosy neighbor that, that comes over and everyone. And it turns out it was her the whole time. She is. Is it what she's like? No. What is she? Emma Frost or something? She's or? Agatha oh, Harkness. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm not familiar with that character. She's a big star, so for her to be a small role, like cameo almost, because there's barely anything for her to do. She's the actress. It's Catherine Hahn. Hmm. I'm the only one, I think, that isn't on board the Catherine Hahn hype train, because I keep seeing things about 
who uh, that is. I, I keep thing, seeing things about how she's the best thing on the show, and I don't feel like she's the best thing on the show. And that's not wow. to slam her. I think she does fine, but I think... What is the best? Who is it? Um. Well, I mean, you have to give it to... Uh, I think Elizabeth Olsen is doing a great job in trying to hold it all together. I think she's doing... I think she's... She's kind of the glue. Uh, you know, I don't mind Catherine Hahn, but everybody's like, oh my God, she's the best thing about the show, but she's in it for for so little. And she's playing a character that, you know, is kind of like we've, we've seen a lot on TV. So maybe from here on, she takes it. Now that we see who she is, maybe we'll see that come into fruition. But I, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like people are underselling Elizabeth Olsen because that's a lot to carry. That's a lot to kind of uh, deal with that she's been going on. So, I, you know, kudos to her. You know, it's great, John. I'm watching you. I, I have the camera on you right now. And then I scrolled through. Mm. If you go, if you scroll through everybody, look where everybody's eyes are, aside from you and me. None of them are looking at the camera. They're all off. They're all off. They're all looking at different stuff. Does it what, mean I'm not their, paying attention? Their... Absolutely not. <laughs> No, they're looking at the screen, right? No, no, no. They're not looking at the screens. They're not looking. They're, they're looking. No, they would be looking into the camera to see you. I see. I see. I see you out of. I see you out of my peripheries. See. Well, you know, if, as long as they're responding, <laughs> why do you care if they're, if they're responding? You know? John, this is the problem. See, you're the you're the nice, fun uncle on the show. I'm the what? You're the mm-hmm. fun uncle. He's the fun, he's the fun, fun and I have to be the strict I'm dad. The fun, I have to be the strict I dad. He's the funkle. I can tell the by funkle. the way they're responding. They're not. I can tell by the way. So now we really know who after the show loses it and goes, God damn it. <laughs> you do as I say. <laughs> and I, I hate to have to. I hate to have to do this on an eighth episode, on an eighth anniversary. You really, I hate to have to, you know. I hate to. <laughs> I hate to have to rake somebody over the coals, but I'll do it. No, I'll no, do it, damn it. No, please. Please tell us how you really feel. Mario goes, what I say goes. That's right. God damn it. Damn it. That's right. I'm the captain. I'm the Kirk. Everybody else is just in. And then we go, <laughs> we go, but Mario, the people will think what I tell them to think. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm like a Charles Foster King. I'll do the whole goddamn King. movie. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I'll do the whole goddamn movie. You're my rosebud, hey, Chuck. Hey, my... we didn't do Citizen Kane. No, never. I hate that movie. Um, oh, that's right. That's I hate right. it. Mm-hmm. That's right. I hate things that people <laughs> like. That's my that's my spiel. <laughs> uh, like Star Wars. Uh, yes. Nope, love One Star of- Wars. The Beatles well, hate them. The Beatles hate them. <laughs> the Beatles hate them. Citizen Kane hate them. You know, not everything of the Beatles is bad. Mm. <laughs> I'll... I'll do you one better. On a loop. I'll do you one I better. Want that on a loop. Not everything from the Beatles is great. <laughs> I want that no. on a loop. You How know, about that? Not everything the Beatles did was bad. <laughs> no. Not it, everything the Kinks does is amazing. Oh, that's. I'll give you that. I'll yeah, tell you that. Okay. Listen. But, but why don't you? Why don't you listen to the? Thing. Why don't you listen to the three episodes I did of Rock Solid? There's a little plug for you. <laughs> With Pat Francis, and and you'll hear us talk about some of those songs that aren't so great. Um, uh, however, you have like six years that are pretty much unimpeachably brilliant. Of the Beatles, I could, I could, I, it's no, hard for about the Kinks. You got about six years Beatles, that are untouchable. Yeah, you're right. 100%. Ruining our anniversary. <laughs> Uh, 
Mom and dad are making us cry on our anniversary. It's beautiful. I'm sorry I had to crack the whip there. I just wanted to. <laughs> I'm just I'm going to say that every time you, you uh, smash yeah. the Beatles. I'm going to go, you know, not everything the Beatles did was bad. No, that's true. <laughs> but it wasn't all great. It wasn't all like, uh, it wasn't all the greatest music all... known to man. I mean mm. I mean it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, thank you so much. It's right there. My, there's my wife, my beautiful wife everybody. Say hi. Hi. Love Nicole. you. We love you too. Happy anniversary. I don't know why I said we. Uh, I got What, a, is, the, what I, is that? Is it food? Just flip me off. <laughs> <laughs> Who just flipped you off? Nicole. Here we go. I flip just got a, I just got a, I bought myself this DVD. Deserved it. This Deserved is the it. entire oh, champion. This is the entire World Series uh of from oh, 2020 cool. on DVD. That's right. All, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to rewatch it? Because I didn't get to watch it the first time because it was a work the whole time. Yeah. yeah is there you know, uh you know what happens. You, you you know how it happens. Mm-hmm. Jake, I know what happens in Star Wars, but I so watch that you, every so fucking year like 12 times. Thank you. Thank you. I, I can't believe a Giants fan just came to my defense. It must be an anniversary or something. <laughs> hey, I'm going to wow. say what I say every time. You guys played a really good World Series, and I'm very happy for you. Let's hug it out. Hey, how Come about here. that? <laughs> Let's hug it out. How about that? I'm still, I still think you're a horrible human being, but God bless you. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta take, you gotta take what you can get with him. It's only that was pretty eloquent, John. It's on Shout Factory, and it's. Uh, uh, is there something that uh, was there like a documentary on the World Series that Vin Scully narrated? Yeah, yeah, that came out in uh, in December. Mm. Good stuff. You're, you're right on it. You're all about it. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the next best thing to having him call that World Series. Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, guys, though, you guys are fantastic. Uh, I love you all. And uh, Patrick, mm. I, you warm my heart right there. God bless you, Patrick. <laughs> you get to stay for year year eight. Uh, I'm on the fence about uh, Justine and uh, John, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, John. You're not going anywhere. John, you're immovable. Just, you're like the free Justine space on the. Just, uh... <laughs> Justine and I will just do our own show. First of all, <laughs> we'll do a spinoff. Of Honestly, <laughs> I feel here's where I feel bad for Patrick myself. Everyone would know. Here's Everyone where I feel bad for Patrick myself and Jake. Most of the comments we get are about John or about Justine. Yeah. Most of the comments we get on Twitter are always about John or Justine. Now people take issue with Justine a lot, but. She keeps herself in the mix. It's controversy. She knows how to keep herself out there. Uh, so it's kind of funny. I think John and, and uh, Justine are the immovable objects. Like, we could drop off. It's my podcast. I could drop off. And if if John and Justine jumped on, people would still listen every week, I think. So Let's just say the only person who listens for me on this show is my mom. And that's hey, it. shout out to your mom, first of all. <laughs> Now I really have to delete that Justine joke. Dang it. I can't I can't let that go. <laughs> no, it's in there. So if you hear a weird pause, you're going to know that I I, yeah. I deleted a joke about Justine. You're going to have to edit that out. I have to edit that out. I, I felt Just heard words. I felt yucky saying <laughs> you know, it. I felt yucky saying it. But, I couldn't do uh, it. But uh, And especially after Patrick's uh, eloquent defense of the uh, the Dodgers. My god. Uh, shut up, John. 
Stop being the fun uncle. I don't know what that means. Fun uncle. On the TV shows, you're like Uncle Charlie on My Three Sons, and I'm the one that I'm mm. Fred McMurray. He's the Jesus. one that has to reel it back. Yes, I'm the, keep the ground. Yeah, you let the kids. You you come over, pump the kids full of sugar, and then I got to try to put them to bed. Is what happens. You know what? In real life, that's. <laughs> That is the uncle I was. Take him to Tommy's, fill him with junk food, hit the movies, <laughs> drop him off, go home. <laughs> go home and go. Yeah. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you would not want John as your uncle. Raise your hand if you would. Would, would that be the best? John comes over just like, I just imagine. Full of sugar. I'm good. Yeah. I just imagine John like kicking the door. <laughs> We're going to the. There's a Three Stooges retrospective at the Egyptian. <laughs> And then just, we're going uh, to the movies. You're getting popcorn and candy. Yeah, and you're, you're going to like, like it or not. I'm going to go. Know, my uh, my nephew Isaac. I'm the one that got him started uh, on the old monster movies. There you that, go. He, that became a. Uh, he's like out of college now, and that became a thing. He just fell right into that. The old you know monster what? movies, and now he's God. He's like you, Barry. You've seen all the Godzilla movies, all of them. You, you know. All 100 of them. I haven't, seen, <laughs> you know? I haven't seen your nephew Isaac since he was a baby boy. He was a little kid when but I saw him last. That's what we did. I'd take him to see those old Ray Harryhausen, you know, Golden Voyages, Sinbad, and Jason and the Argonauts and all that stuff. Oh, beautiful, man. That's awesome. Well, that's, you know, you know what? I, uh... I can imagine John just going, we're, and afterwards, we're going to go to this really great little place. They make the milkshakes. They're so fresh. They have a hose hooked up to the cows. You've never tasted milkshakes <laughs> like this. <laughs> But then the flip side of that, I think I've told you, is my little sister. I'd say, well, let's go to the movies. And she'd go, first question, is it in black and white or color? And then she'd say, and then she'd say second question, is there sound? <laughs> You're not going to take me to see a bunch, of, a bunch of silent movies, are you? John and I, fun fact, John and I once saw, over the course of a whole year, at the silent movie theater in L.A., they read, they did every Buster Keaton movie and we saw every one, all the shorts yeah. and all the features. Yeah, over the course oh, of a year, yeah. I think you missed maybe one or two, John. I ended up seeing the whole thing. I got the whole. Yeah, thing. I think you uh, and Nicole too, right? Yeah, you, you took Nicole to every one of those. Uh, not every one, but she saw a couple of them. Yeah, it was great. Did you yeah. watch them, or were you busy? Uh, I don't. Well, Justine. First of all, I think Whoa. you know that my behavior in a movie theater is above board unless I'm sitting next to Patrick. Um, he gets handsy. What can I say? Well, you. We all saw handsy. Diner. We all saw Diner. We know what's up. Um, Gee. But uh, there's, a reason, up. there's a reason Justine sits between Patrick and I. Boy, we really, just popped up through the flap. <laughs> Boy, we really went off of uh, Wandavision. Anyway, Wandavision was good. It was Agatha the whole time. It was Agatha the whole time. Did you guys like this week's Agatha episode? The whole time. Yeah, it was. I like. I, I'm curious to see if they go like super like dark and horror because I think that's what they're trying to push towards. Uh, there's been talks that the next Doctor Strange movie will be really uh, dark and uh, really really dark, and so I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with it. Interesting to see Spectrum. Oh yeah. For, um, yeah. I'm I'm un- I'm confused on the whole timeline as to when because apparently in the comics she was the first Captain Marvel after the alien Marvel, but then it, yeah yeah they ch- Disney's doing what Disney wants to do yeah they changed my like my buddy Hitter said just just follow the MCU timeline and don't worry about it 
Um, but uh, Marvel, Marvel. Assault, right? Mm-hmm. John, that was not a Marvel comic, right? That was back in the days when it was still another company, right? Marvel. Well, uh, Shazam was ca- Captain Marvel was Shazam, and then Marvel bought the rights to the name Captain Marvel, so that D- DC had to start calling him Shazam. Okay, so that's what happened there. Uh, Marvel, yeah, that is that is uh, the original Captain Marvel. At, at, uh, that was uh, Marvel Comics. Oh, it was Marvel Comics. But, okay, <clears throat> but, but back in the forties, the original Captain Marvel was DC, and it was uh, Shazam. That's it's what right. we call Shazam now. Okay, yeah. so weird because a uh, DC was sued. Uh, DC sued the co- uh, the company that owned uh, Captain Marvel. Said it's too much like Superman. So he took him to court. They dragged through court for thirteen years and finally got him to take it off the newsstands and then a couple years later marvel says we'll just buy the name we want the name because we're marvel comics so it's weird very convoluted yeah okay mm. all right well i enjoyed the episode and i've come around on the show i i think i <clears throat> i said early on that i really didn't like it and i've i've come to the realization i said it before it was because it made me sit through sitcoms that bored me as a kid really and, mm. uh, <clears throat> and as they pointed out as they pointed out on three hours later, another podcast, it wasn't even like they were doing a parody. They were pretty much doing straight episodes of them. So it wasn't even like enough that it was like a parody. It was like, so I just felt like I was waiting for Gilligan's Island to come on again. You know, like, hey, when are we going to, uh, I'm watching. Oh, so no winking at the camera. It was like a straight episode. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they would, they would, they would break a one. They winked at the camera. They would break a little mm. bit because you knew that something, they would allude to the fact that something was going on, but it was uh, interesting. Yeah. You'll have to see it, John. When it was not on DVD, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to do it because it's the one that really captured my imagination. Just reading about it and watching the clips on YouTube. Well, you're going to have to now because Phase Four, you're going to need it. I mean, they're basically tying every, yeah. tying it everything, everything, everything into what's coming later. So people are going to have to catch yeah. up to this whether they want to or not. All right. Like uh, so it's all it's going to be crossing over. Like what the uh, the Black Widow movie and the new. Do- and I guess they are working on that Doctor Strange movie. And, what is it? The, the multiverse into yep. the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys. It's time for the digital movie club. Eight years of the five years of the digital movie. Or what did we say? Four years? Five years of the digital movie club? A lot of years. A lot of years coming up. Since 2018. Since January 2018. We've been doing this, going through my digital movie Two collection. Years. We're not even close to getting through it. So we've got enough. Two years and we're not even to the 90s yet. We got another. No, we got we're halfway. Years. Are we halfway through? Two years or and we're not even to the 90s. Oh, no. We're not even halfway no, through. Mario takes back. Mario said, let's take you back to the 30s and 40s where everyone hates women and likes to give them nicknames like baby and doll, darling or something random. And doll face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sugar. I was listening to the last show. Yeah, it's it funny because yeah, Justine goes, "How come everyone's baby and doll face?" And <laughs> this is the golden and age. Everybody getting <laughs> this is the golden Sugar. age of complimenting women. I don't understand what the problem is, Justine. I don't Sugar get tits. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the Mel Gibson era. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's that's right out of Mel Gibson's. That's uh, old Sugar yeah, Tits O'Shea. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Call me sugar. Sugar tits so shit. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Digital Movie Club theme. Jake, I'm going to let you improv this one for our eighth anniversary, man. Just give us some some kind of groovy. Oh uh, so much. That's a lot of power. Here we go. Go. I got nothing. I literally have, You got to tell me this ahead of time. Oh, dude. No, no. This is all improv, right? Come on. Do your, do your little... Uh, 
Do your your little vocal group, your little Andy vocal group. Andy Bernard vocal vocalese. That was like a scat version. This is a. I give it a five. I give it a. I give it a four out of twenty. Four out of five. Thank you. You give it an A. I expect that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I want that jazz. I want that jazz version. That scat vocalese. Very Lambert, Hendrix, Hendrix, and Ross. There. Very good, Jake. Good effort. Thank you. I've been listening to Snarky Puppy. Oh, nice. Uh, I I said, oh, nice. Like I knew what that was. Um, I'm an old man. All right. I've watched reruns of shows I've seen. Thanks for asking, John. We all know some some great jazz. Some great new jazz. They're a uh, recent group. Yeah, I don't remember when. They do stuff like that. Two movies this week, guys. Two movies, very different. We're we're we dipped our toes in noir again, and then we went back. We went back to the well for one of Justine's favorite genres, a movie we missed the first time. Uh, but if you saw Band of Brothers, it was based on the same story, uh, the story of the 101st Airborne at the Battle of Bastogne in World War II. Uh, so Battleground and The Killers were our two movies this week. And since it's our friend Justine, and she always has the most to say about this era of filmmaking, we're going to let her pick which one she wants to discuss and dissect first. Justine. The Killers. We're going to go with The Killers. Patrick. Take it away. All right. Let me pull my thing up. This movie released in 1946. Got a 7.8 on IMDb. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, release date was August 28th. Directed by one Robert uh, Sodomac. If I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not have a budget or a dollar amount. Uh, John, had you seen this before? I did. Uh, many years ago, many. did a Robert Siodmak um, festival. He did a lot of film noir. Mm-hmm. He did about 10, 10 film noirs that are considered pretty much the uh, the cornerstone. So it's been years though. I hadn't seen this in probably like ten years. Mm-hmm. Another again, as with uh, Double Indemnity, a very interesting way of telling the story. It starts with the man's murder. You see him die, and then John. This is this movie was made in an age when. Apparently, insurance investigators had all the power in the world. You could just do whatever you wanted. If you were investigating, if you were an insurance investigator, you'd carry a gun, just gun people down in a bar, do all kinds of cool stuff. And I know. Uh, I kept thinking. I uh, kept thinking. I can't believe this guy is an insurance claims adjuster. <laughs> yeah. You know. What a uh, what a time to work in insurance. What a time to work in insurance, right? You're walking around in fedora, yeah. smoking great. cigarettes, calling people baby. <laughs> Yeah, gunning thugs What's down. What's your premium, baby? <laughs> yeah, jeez, jeez, Louise. Uh, but what a now golden age! A, now just in a cubicle. John, that that particular that gentleman that was the general in uh, in uh, Fantastic Voyage, was it not? Is that the guy? Same guy, Edmund O'Brien. Yes. Yeah. Was that Edmund O'Brien? You know, like uh, you mean the the insurance guy? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you. 
even though I've seen Fantastic Voyage many times. No, no, no. But, uh, but, but he's the old. But he was uh, in the Wild Bunch. He's the grizzled old guy in the Wild Bunch. Yeah, it's the same guy. The, the booze. It yeah. is the same guy. I figured out halfway through. And I'm like, who's DOA? He's he's in a lot of film noir. He was in DOA where he gets poisoned and spends the whole movie trying to figure out who killed him and why. Mm-hmm. They remade that in the '80s. I remember that. Um, Justine, let's start with you since she was your pick first. Uh, give us your breakdown of the killer. So the movie starts out with a with Burt Lancaster. The mo- that first ten minutes is a sweaty ten minutes with the killers walking into that cafe, and that is a that is super intense. That is an intense yeah. opening. Uh, Justine, yeah. what did you think? It's pretty slow. Um, I don't think I'm a fan of people just telling you stories the whole time. It's not really fun. They start their story and then they give you the, like what happened. But it was pretty boring for me the whole movie. Even when Ava Gardner said, "If you touch me, you won't live through the night." What about that? <laughs> oh, her part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was good. I was like, okay. I was, um, I was waiting for you to it like just that. Didn't hold my interest. The whole thing didn't hold my interest at all. When he started telling his story, I was like, all right, they did a playback. And then they did it again. And I was like, we're going to do this the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what happened. And I didn't like it. So your problem is with the way the story was laid out. You you didn't want to. Yeah, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan of the, the noir. Of the so, flashbacks. Movies that are told completely through flashback. Well, I, have... I don't mind it. I don't mind it like them showing the part that he dies first and then playing through it. But. I didn't like that there were so many stories and they started off and then the part when the guy's like dying and telling what's happening, I didn't buy that. Well, yeah, um, it's kind of both ends of the story are working together. He's working he's working from the back forward and then everybody is telling the story from the forward to the end and it kind of meets in the middle finally. Um, so, so, so far, noir isn't your thing, mostly because of the way the stories are told. You don't like the narration. Yeah, really you don't. Like, okay. That's interesting. So when you get to movies like Pulp Fiction that are told out of sequence, how does that hold up for you? That's fine. I don't mind that part. I just don't mind. If they maybe started the story and that was it, but mm-hmm. they, anytime there was a story, someone had to talk and talk about it. Like The narration just drives me crazy. Interesting. Okay. That's an interesting conversation. Patrick, what did you think of uh, The Killers? I understood what was going on the whole time. I wasn't confused like I was. Uh, <laughs> I understood no. the plot. It had an entrance. It had a finish. I was like, okay, cool. I know who did what by the end of it. There mm-hmm. was no like, fuck just happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was. It was. It was interesting. I do agree that first ten minutes was just a brutal scene of like these guys are assholes, and I thought everybody was gonna die. Yeah. If this movie had been made like 20 years later, that whole place would have been shot up and like everybody would have been dead. Mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting. Um, character wise, there wasn't really buddy who jumped out to me. But uh, it's I, I, again, I think the whole insurance premise is just like the guy. The fact that he's running around with a gun is insane to me. I'm like, <laughs> he's an investigator and he's just shooting people left and right. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Well, um, I also love that he's making these deals where he's like, "Look, I'm not a cop. I'm not going to turn you in if you return the money." You know, even yeah. though you even though you basically had a guy killed, I'm not going to turn you in. I just want to recover the money for the company. Um, it's kind of funny that he's making these deals, kind of like these plea bargains with these, you know, 
people who are on the uh, on the outs of the on the outskirts of the law. You know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, so I didn't hate it. Um, I thought it was interesting. It was fun. Um, I wish the stars would have been a little bit bigger, as far as like the main cast. Burt Lancaster, man, you're one of the yeah, one of I know. Hollywood greats. Ava Gardner, are you kidding me? Didn't you see Earthquake and Sense Around? Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? That's the one you're gonna pick? <laughs> <laughs> Not Night of the Iguana. The best contestant. I'm happy I understood everything. Earthquake. Incensorum, yeah. John. Incensorum. Christ. Yeah. Her worst movie ever, and that's the one you pick. Jesus. It was fun. It was fun. It was a nice little pleasant little yeah. pleasant little way of. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. I think them having a, a, a story plot you can follow start to finish. I think helped it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did have to explain it to Jake after he watched it. What happened with Jake? <laughs> didn't didn't hold my attention. Oh wow! Wow. So I got I got sidetracked. Jake, let's talk about that. What what happened? You didn't hold. It didn't hold your attention. Where did you drop off? <sighs> oh God, I don't even remember. It all just kind of, maybe after like the first 20 or 30 minutes, it all just kind of blurred together for me. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, it just didn't, didn't keep my attention. Wow. That's interesting, John. Film noir does not seem to be grabbing these kids. What are are your observations on that, John? What do you think? Well, we've only watched two and not all film noirs have the narration and not all film noirs do the backward forward uh, flashbacks. You know, this it just happens that the two we, two of the three we've watched kind of have those tropes, but there are plenty of film noirs that just are kind of straightforward linear tellings. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. What did you think rewatching it, John? Um, you know, it's interesting to me because this is uh, Ava Gardner. You know, she'd done a, a dozen movies. This is the first one where she's really a star, and you can kind of see this kind of made her a star. Because she's just so beautiful in it. It's not. She's not even in it that much, but she really is just luminous, and uh, that voice, you know. So um, that's interesting. Also, Burt Lancaster. I think this is his first big movie. I think if you look look up his filmography, I don't think there's anything before this. And uh, he's got star quality right out the gate. And um, you know, he's kind of an underdog. He's not even playing that smart a guy. He's playing kind of a dim guy in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you see him in other movies, as the years progress, he's usually playing the sharpest guy in the room. If you're watching Elmer Gantry or The Rainmaker or Sweet Smell of Success, he's usually uh, not this big athletic buff guy, but he's usually the smartest guy in the room. Kind of weird to see him playing a little bit of a dim bulb. Um, but boy, charisma, you know, from that opening scene where he's just sort of like laying there waiting for the killers to come get him, you know. Uh, tough to beat that first 10 minutes and, and the movie is never quite as intriguing as that first 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they pull up and that whole thing in the diner is just really gut wrenching. And then he just hears them coming up the stairs and it's just like, he's just waiting. He's a, like, there's no way, no way out of this. I'm not going to try to run anymore. So, uh, yeah, that's probably the strongest part of the movie. And I guess that's the part that was in the book. Uh, that opening 15 minutes is in the book for after that, they kind of embellished and did what they wanted. But Hemingway liked it. He said out of all the movies that had used his material, he thought this one was the best. <laughs> he says most movies that take his, uh, his books or his novellas, they, they didn't do a very good job. This one I think was one of his favorites. Oh, there you go. Okay. 
right. And it was a big hit. This was a really big hit. I know it's not one of my favorites, but the photography is absolutely jaw dropping. If you like this sort of, uh, you know, Robert Siodmak is, is uh, from Germany. Uh, you know, he worked with Billy Wilder and he worked with Fritz Lang. All those guys came out of uh, Germany and they all got the hell out of Germany at about the same time when Hitler hit. And they, uh, they really knew how to shoot uh, in that sort of style, you know, uh, pools of light, a lot of dark. They say this thing is a really dark film, just visually dark, with just pools of light, you know, as the killers are walking out of the shadows into the street light. You just have these these moments that are just uh, it's right out of the uh, the German uh, expressionist movement. You know, yeah. a lot of monster movies are shot this way, too. Uh, a lot of dark, a lot of shadows with just a little light coming through. And um, most of these guys are, are out of Germany, and that's the way that's the way they like to shoot. Yeah, this is a movie for me that uh, the photography is really the star here, um, and it is interesting to see the young Burt Lancaster, and Ava Gardner, kind of. You're right, John. The, kind of the start of their the next, you know, the careers they would have for like the next thirty years. Um, but for me, the, the photography is really the the star of the movie and the way it's shot. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's a beautiful Absolutely. example of you know while the story you know. You know, Justine has problems with the story, with with the way the story's told. You know, there's not a big reveal at the end. You do find out that you know Ava Gardner was behind the whole thing, but you know, you kind of were kind of. It's not hard to figure out the story. Um, it's a heist. It's a heist movie. Yeah, uh, a heist gone wrong, and there's a million of them. But yeah, you're right. It's the way. It, what makes it uh, memorable is the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. All right, let's rank it, guys. Patrick, uh, seven. Patrick, is it a seven? All right. Uh, Justine? Yeah. Uh, four. Oh, a four. Okay. Jake? I'll give it a six. He's six, even though he was confused. John? As good as Castle Wow. You didn't read it as six, though. I <laughs> ah, Justine's right on it. You didn't give it a six. You gave it much higher. Yeah, because it's much better than a six. It's a Justine six. <laughs> you can't use the Justine system. <laughs> this going on, I'm rating movies off the Justine system. For everybody playing at home, we're using the Justine system. <laughs> uh, John, what do you give the, the killers? Uh, I give it a seven. I like it, but... Uh, yeah, seven's about as high as I go in this one. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Seven. It's a solid. It's a solid noir. If you if you if you're into the if you if you're wondering what the heck noir is, and you want to pick up a movie and you just want to see the photography in it because it's short. It's like 90 minutes. It's a 90 minute movie. You know, it's straightforward. You know, you'll you'll see how much power those insurance adjusters had back in the uh, back in the 40s. I guess it was under the War Powers Act. Maybe I don't know. Carrying forty five. It's in, it's insane at the end. I mean, he's willing to. He's going to die just to figure this thing out. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he flips the table. They're shooting at him, and then I love how his boss says, "Great, you know what you just did. You know, you solved it. Now you've saved every everybody who owns a uh, a policy has saved three cents." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even what he said. He said, "Hey, take the weekend off." Yeah, yeah, great. Wink, wink. See you back on Monday. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> See you back on Monday. I love it. Was John? Was that one of the killers? Was that uh, Ironside? It w- no. One of the killers is Cannon. William. Conrad. I'm sorry, Cannon. That's who it is. Not Ironside. Yes. Cannon. Yeah. And 
He also did the narration on uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. He is the narrator on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. That's right. That's right. And um, he was uh, Marshall Matt Dillon on the radio. But you can see he's a pretty portly guy. So they couldn't, when they did the TV show of Gunsmoke, they couldn't use him. They said, God, you got the voice, but we need a guy who's taller and thinner. <laughs> so so let's that's get, when they got James Arnett. Yeah, let's get Peter Gray's <laughs> brother. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah, and James Arnest turned up in uh, Battleground, which we're about to talk about. So there's a nice segue. Nice yeah. job. All right. Yeah. Let's move on to Battleground, 1949. Patrick is going to read that. Uh, read all about it for us. Take oh, it away, Patrick. Right. Uh, Battleground released on November 9th, 1949. Got a 7.4 on IMDb, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by one William A. Wellman. Do not have a budget or a box office. It's too old. Bill Wellman. Uh, John, had you seen this one before? Yeah. You had yeah. seen Battleground. Okay. Uh, nobody oh, yeah. nobody yeah. else had seen it. And Justine, you being a big fan of the war movie, we're going to go to you first. I know we've gone to you first twice, but, you know, we give the audience what they want. Give the people what they want, as the great Ray Davies once said. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Justine, let's talk about Battleground. What did you think? So, I'll give you guys context. Okay. My dog barked last night at 1 a.m. I woke up. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this other movie. And I will watch the Battleground movie. Mm-hmm. So I watched it at 1 a.m. this morning. Mm-hmm. And I stayed awake the whole time. Beautiful. Hey. That's a good... Wow. Uh, that's, that's a good movie. That's a good, that's, that's a good um, sign. So, Battleground's yeah. a little bit different. It's very realistic. It's based on... A, on the the Battle of Bastogne, where this is during the Battle of the Bulge, uh, American Damn. Allied lines were moving towards Germany. Germany mounted a huge counterattack, causing a bulge in the Allied line. That's where it got the name. And uh, a lot of the fighting was centered around the uh, town of Bastogne, which had uh, roads. It was like a, it was a crossroads, and some of those roads led to uh, from Germany out into the rest of Europe. So it was a very, very uh, important and strategic town that needed to be held. And the Germans, it was held by the 101st Airborne uh, and they were shelled mercilessly for days and couldn't get help because of uh, weather conditions. So if you watch Band of Brothers, this I think this particular battle takes up two or three of the episodes of that series. But um, this movie uh, deals with that uh, particular uh, battle. And what's interesting about it is there's not a lot of fighting per se. This is really, you're watching kind of like a, a you know, the conditions these guys had to live under during that battle. Um, but it's, there's not really a lot of action. There's a lot of dialogue, but not a lot of action. So it's kind of an interesting, it's interesting. That's not to say that stuff doesn't happen, but you know, you're kind of getting to know the guys and, and, you know, see what they went through during this time. So, uh, very, very kind of a different war movie for the time. Not really uh, super jingoistic and a little bit more realistic, I would say. Uh, John, what was it like rewatching this one for you? Oh, you didn't do Justine. Well, we're gonna get to her. I just wanted to. She gave us her oh. initial thoughts. We'll get we'll get back around, but I'm, uh, I'm excited that she stayed awake. So I'm gonna save it for the last. I didn't. Oh, I see. Uh, it just, uh, well, it just seems like it was, yeah, it was for 1949. It's uh, pretty gritty. It doesn't seem like it's done on a back lot. It seems, um, I guess it was shot like around California and Washington, you know, uh, probably for the, the snow and all that. 
but I think most of it was not on the lot, and it shows. It feels real, and also the characters, like you say, it's not jingoistic, it's not rah-rah. It seems like uh, every character has a moment where he's, he, he's not sure he's going to be able to stick it out, you know? And they're all looking for ways to get home. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they finally just sort of, like, stick it out. But, you know, it's more of a realistic portrayal of, uh, they always talk about how combat, there's a lot of boredom, and then all of a sudden it all happens at once. You know, the shit hits the fan, and all of a sudden it's crazy. But there's hours of just boredom trying to keep warm, trying to find food, trying to get your shoes patched up. And I think this does a pretty good job uh, showing uh, just what a meat grinder it was for these guys. And you also get a nice cast of, uh, there's so many people, familiar faces in this movie. You get James Whitmore. You get a young Ricardo Montalban, very young Ricardo Montalban. Um, and then, you know, of course, this is the golden era of Van Johnson, who... Uh, yeah, and you know, I always think of him in terms of like uh, musicals and comedies. Yeah, but I must say he does a damn good job in this. You know, I, you've seen I've seen him in a lot of lighter stuff, and he actually makes this character believable. I don't know how you feel about it, but I thought, son of a gun, he can do a a war picture because most of the stuff I've seen him in is a lot lighter sure. than this, and he held his own. It was totally believable, and uh, which one? The one that was cooking the eggs all in his helmet. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was very. He was and, known for like doing musicals and comedies and kind of a light actor. He was but, he was a huge star at one point. Um, he was in huge, everything. Huge. My mom even my mom even one time we were flipping through Turner Classics and Van Johnson came on and you know I never thought much of him as actor. My mom goes, I never thought much of him as an actor. My mom goes, Oh, he was our hero. Everybody loved Van Johnson. I'm like, what? Like about, she goes, how yeah, about that? yeah. She goes, everybody loved Van Johnson. I was like, what? That's so weird to me. Did you ask her to elaborate? Was no, it she, she was like the, the boy next door. Or? She just said that everybody. He was very popular and everybody. Nobody didn't like. Him, basically like everybody it wasn't like he was like a, a sex symbol or anything it was just like hey let's go see this van johnson movie you know she's like oh he was our, he was like our, our hero like you know just like a like you know i guess like a tom hanks kind of maybe like, yeah kind of that quality you know yeah yeah, yeah. it was America's fun. sweetheart yeah kind of weird it was weird to hear my mom say that because it wasn't i never you know you think of like clark gable or you think of cary grant or somebody <laughs> you know <laughs> I think of some movie star and she's like oh van johnson our hero i'm like what <laughs> but i guess that's also that also tells you the, the kind of characters he played he was never a bad guy he was never a heavy right you know he was always right. just like a and probably just entertainment for the masses you know you know it, sure it wasn't like you were going to sure. go in and see the killers you know you were going to see this light-hearted movie and he's going to you know make you feel better for a few, couple of hours you know it's yeah. probably what it was that's all we want yeah that's all we want so in that in that case, and I yeah you're right, John. He brings a little comic relief, but you know that scene where he's about to run off, and yeah. you know the the I forgot the kid's name that he's supposed to look for. He's like Holly, oh, you know, waiting, like yeah. yeah. He's like I'm with you, I'm with you, and you, you just see that look on his face, like well shit, now I have to do something, you know. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. A lot of great little moments like that in this movie. A lot of little vignettes that really kind of uh, stand out. You know the whole bit yeah. with the eggs. The whole bit with the eggs and yeah. I love that. Hold on to these. All right, I'll give you half. Just make sure nothing gets in them. You know? God, his helmet must have just stank horribly after his. Yeah. yeah. I think 
Yeah, I think it's so funny how nobody's even giving it a second look. They've been sitting in the dirt and the snow for so long. He puts that helmet on, it's dripping eggs, and everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you got guys with wooden teeth, and you've got all this other stuff happening. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see. Uh, this is always, a, I like this movie because it's low key. It's not a, you know, it's not a big epic battle but it's it's interesting uh hey you know when they do the thing with the the thing where they do the passwords you know where they're going hey joe what do you know oh yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. the dragon lady and did you know the dodgers you know he's asking him like dodger questions yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and they're like who's who's going out with betty grable you know is it cesar romero yeah. i thought it'd be great if somebody said hey you know who played con in star trek 2 <laughs> <laughs> that guy the guy right behind you <laughs> you know what's what's interesting that scene they used in ken burns baseball I think that's the yeah. first scene. They show the Jeep yeah. rolling up, and he says, who's your commanding officer? He says, whoever he is, he knows how the Dodgers made out last year. Um, <laughs> that's such a great line. But it yeah, is funny yeah. to hear uh, Ricardo Montalban name check Cesar Romero, because you're thinking, like, these are the yeah. two Latin stars of the time, kind of, you know? And at the time, and Cesar also, Romero uh, was probably, you know, was huge. Yeah, I guess he did all those movies with Betty Grable, uh, uh, yeah, in color, he was in a lot of musicals and stuff with uh, Betty Grable and um, and what's his name, Tyrone Power and those guys. Yeah, Don Amici. All those guys were contract players. Yeah, so you're right. They were probably the two most eligible, yeah, you know, Latin lovers at the time. Yeah, and it with, is nice uh, to see Fernando that Lamas. it is nice to see that. Of course, R Ricardo Montalban was from Mexico, but his character, of course, is first of all they spell his name Rodriguez. It's they gave you the the Portuguese spelling. I don't know if you yeah. guys noticed that. They didn't give him the... I noticed, yeah. But he was supposed to be, you know, the kid from East L.A. So it's like, hey, L.A. made a... And, of course, he freezes to death because of the irony. Uh, and remember, I love how he says that. You know, from L.A., you can see the you can see the snow, but it's way off in the distance on the mountains. Yeah. I'm going, yep, that's right. That's exactly... I was 30 before I saw it actually snowing. Yeah. <laughs> and he's doing that whole shadow, the game of shadow ball, and the Germans throw the ball back, and you're like, what? The snow, yeah. the snowball back... Um, Patrick, what did you think of Battleground, sir? Uh, this movie was really, really entertaining. I had a lot of fun with it. I thought it had some really nice humor uh, throughout the movie, as well as you really got to see what it was like, like how much they struggled and how much they were just trying to survive and um, how, how rough it was. I really liked the ending, though. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, and it's just a really nice moment. Uh, were you sad to see a young Khan freeze to death? Yeah, I mean it was it was nice to see him in a movie. Yeah, uh, but it was really sad to see him die. It was cool to hear him. He lets out like a grito when the, it's snowing and he's sliding around. You're like, oh, it's so great to see <laughs> young Ricardo Montalban, man. It's it's just great. It's but it, great. Is, it is funny that the L.A. person dies. Yeah, from <laughs> snowing. That's he's he pretty got, accurate. We don't do well with any weather that's not hot. Yeah, he got snowed in. Um, we but, don't we, we don't know what to do. We have. Pleasant weather, ninety percent of the year. It's like, I don't know. What it is. <laughs> it's terrifying. It sucks. It yeah. sucks to be here. So you, you... <laughs> Patrick, tell, tell him that in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh my God. Tell it to Ted do you have Cruz. Any listeners in Texas. <laughs> we do. Well, our friends, uh, Cult Forty Five podcast and the nerdy bitches are both based in Texas. And uh, Liz, okay? Liz, they are Liz from the. Uh, the nerdy bitches said that uh, I think she said they did lose power, but they they still had gas, 
and her house was is newer, so it never got below like fifty eight in the house. But that's still mm. pretty cold in the house. So they were able to survive pretty well, but they didn't have power for a wow. few days. So yeah, she was able to survive. But yeah, it's bad news down That's there. Scary. Bad news down there. Um, but you know what's, what always amazes me about this movie is sleeping outside in the snow. You know, the one guy who has like pneumonia, yeah, yeah. he's just outside in the snow and you're just like, man, these guys. Are... Nothing you can do it's what it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Patrick, did you have a favorite among the, uh, among the cast? Um, who was... I definitely think I liked, um, what's his face? America's Sweetheart. Oh, uh, Van Johnson, Holly, bless you, by the way. (laughs) I liked her. I liked her her Monson on too, but I I think uh, the other guy was definitely a little bit more entertaining and his story was... yeah, interesting Ricard- in how much he struggled. Ricardo Montalban is not in it all that much. He's in a few scenes here and no. there. And, but he's he's noticeable because you're like, hey, that's Ricardo Montalban, you know? Um, I, li- I do like the other guy who was, I think it's, uh, I don't know the actor's name, John, but he played the uh, um, the newspaper writer. Um, oh, John Hodiak. John Hodiak. Yeah. yeah. He was in he's a lot good. of, he's a really good character. He's in, he's in a lot of stuff in, around this era. He's kind of a character actor. At the time, yeah. What's that noise? Yeah, he's good. Justine turned her picture off, but not her mic. Is she okay? Justine, that noise is coming from you. The calls are coming from inside the house. Are you eating nuts? That noise was coming from you. Were you eating walnuts with the shells on? Going to say walking, walk into the light, walk into the light, walk into the light. Patrick. Are you with me, Patrick? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Of course. What is a Texas leaguer? Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> See, you would get shot. I'd have to shoot you. I would, I would die. It's I fine. told you guys to know the counter. The count, You need to know the counter sign. Texas leaguer. I uh, know. It's funny. That would have been me. You know, I don't follow enough baseball. I'd be like, what? And they're like, You're, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to shoot you. But but then if they said, who's the dragon lady? I'd go, oh, I could tell you all about Terry and the Pirates. <laughs> What's a, It's a hopped okay, up jalopy. Hmm? It's a hopped up jalopy. Yeah. What do you know? Hey, Joe, mm. what do you know? Uh, hey, who's banging Betty Grable? Hey. Uh, oh, it's um, Harry James. Yeah. No, he says Harry he's James. a Romero. And then he goes, you better tell your friend it's... Uh, it's Harry James now, which was true. That is exactly true. Uh, yeah. Jake, what did you think, my man? Battleground. This this was good. This was all. I loved it. I thought it was a lot of, well, not fun because it, it was pretty fucked up most of the time. But there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of brevity in just the way these guys were trying to make themselves feel like things were normal mm-hmm. even just from even just for a few minutes trying to make eggs or play baseball yeah yeah i i i mean yeah, i thought it was great i thought all the characters were interesting and felt real they all had their own little their own uh idiosyncrasies to mm-hmm. make that make it just a little bit more bearable yeah yeah, and then the, the, everybody's likable, and then they give everybody, you realize everybody's suffering in one way or another. You know, there's one guy who's got his papers, he, he's technically a civilian, and they can't, they won't let him go because they're surrounded. Like, he can't get well, out because he's surrounded. They didn't kill him off. 
I yeah, he made it. I'm so surprised. Like sometimes yeah. you're waiting for him to die, and then like the sergeant had his feet wrapped because his you know he's got he's like my toes are turning black, but they won't they won't take you unless you know or what does he say? He said my feet are frozen, but they won't take you unless your toes are turning black. Change color. Yeah, and then even at the hospital, the guys who were wounded get they get they have to fight again because you know the yeah, Germans they get are, sent back out. Yeah. So the walking wounded, he does a double take when he sees the guy with the glasses. He's all, "You here? We thought you were dead." You know? Yeah. Uh, Jake was your was Holly your favorite as well? Mm-hmm. That was your favorite. Yeah. Jake, has ever, anyone ever told you you have the qualities of a young Van Johnson? Has anyone ever told you that? No. I kind of felt like that was very. I won't. But, uh, I will take that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Kind of reminded me of that. You know, very pleasant. Very pleasant fellow. Very just, you know, trying to lighten the mood at all times, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, whether or not it's necessary. Yeah, and then dancing yeah, yeah. with a with a beautiful French girl, and then uh, I love that John Hodiak was like, I love that John Hodiak was like, yep, last week, you know, she probably felt bad for the Germans last week, you know. Mm. But that's <laughs> yeah. but but that's kind of the life of a civilian. You have to kind of go whichever way the wind goes. You know, you gotta. You know, these people are billeting in your house. What are you gonna do? You know, so, yeah, Christ, kind of, yeah, yeah. So uh, nothing you can do. You just, yeah, you just have to survive by any means necessary. Exactly, exactly. Justine, so you were able to stay awake. Tell me how, what you liked about this movie. First of all, interesting fact. Yes, my Ooh. uncle is named. Oh, here it comes Pam because of him. What? Yeah. <laughs> you have an my uncle. Grandma, wow. My Lola is a huge fan. Of Van Johnson, but my when my mom told me, she said it was because of musicals. Yeah, he's in musicals, and that's why she liked him. And then hmm. she named my uncle after him. So when I watched, the dog liked the movie too. Um, so like when I watched it, I had to ask my mom. I'm like, wait, was his name Van Johnson, mom? And she goes, yep. Like, oh, okay, he doesn't do just musicals. <laughs> <laughs> he kills Nazis too. <laughs> he kills Nazis too. Uh, yeah, because I meant to watch some of his musicals because um, she's told me this before. I forgot who she's named after, like another actress, but I forgot. Who, who's your What's your mom's name? Um, I. I'm trying to think of which name she's using because she has a nickname and then she has her name. Okay. So her name is Lorna, but her nickname is June. And I can't remember which one was the actress. Oh, June Allison. She's named oh, after God. she's named after June Allison. Or she's named after Lorna Dune because you, your Lola liked cookies. Because <laughs> Lola loves cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy, Lorna. How you doing? Uh, hey, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess June Allison and get to your talk to your grandma and find out if that's who she's named after. I'll ask my mom. Ask your mom. Find out. I'm gonna say June Allison because around John, right? That'd be around the same time. June Allison. Yeah, it'd be the exact same time. I can't think of another June except for June Havoc. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Musicals. Yeah, my interesting fact for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it. So shout out to your uncle Van. That's cool. My Tito Van. Tito Van. Is he still around? Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, give him a shout out and tell him to listen to this episode. Um, 
What was I going to say? So I like this movie because it shows a realistic view of what they're going through. I felt as a watcher, I was confused on what was happening because we weren't in the insides seeing what the plans were. We only saw like what the soldiers saw. Um, Cause there were times where I was confused, but he would say he was confused and talk about how his wife is probably writing home or writing an article on it. And she knows more than they do. Yeah. Um, and I felt the same way watching. I'm like, I don't understand what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole thing with the pat, the whole part with the password. I've seen that in another movie, so I kind of thought it was going to happen. I just I can't think of what movie it was. And they guessed the password, but um. Oh, sorry. Hello. All right, guys. Sorry, I dropped out. I dropped out for a second, and Justine, you were saying something about the password. Uh, was it uh, to Helen back? Is that the one? It was Steve McQueen. Remember? No. Because there's a really great. Well, if this is if this is the first movie that did it, um, well, I'm sure it happened all the time in war. But, yeah. Um, it was just nice to see how it was done, and they're running away, and the whole scene. I don't know. The whole movie was very entertaining the whole time. I enjoyed it a lot. A lot, a lot. Those, um, those Germans, those sneaky Germans. Oh, yeah, very sneaky. And then when he hides <laughs> under the car, I was like so sad and heartbroken about that one. About who? When he hides under the car. Oh, under the Jeep, and then he freezes. You're yeah, like, it was oh. hard Well, then the. The, um, the one that, the guy that I liked the most was the one who was in. He was in I Company and talking to his friend that was in K Company. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Tells his sergeant his name. Oh, He's like, man. my name's Lute something. Layton. Yeah. Layton. And he's like, remember that. And then when the sergeant's going off, he's like, and his name is, and he says it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, they didn't even know his name. Oh, my God. That thing was heartbreaking. Well, you know what's another part that gets me is uh, when they come back after leaving Rodriguez and pop who's like worried about going home. He's like, Hey, where's Rodriguez? And like, he knows something's up and nobody will answer him. And he just keeps like asking. And like, he's like, where's Rodriguez? Like, he's like, you can just tell like that was his buddy. Like that was his best yeah. friend. You know, they had bond, they had bonded, you know? And then that scene where he tells them, Hey, you know, call my mom. Will you just do me a favor and I'll, I'll send you the money, you know, like just do me a favor and call my mom and tell her, you know, I'm okay. And, Oh, it's so sad. You know, tell her I'm, I'm okay. And you know, ah. Oh, all those scenes kind of you leave know, you. You know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But you can tell they kind of had yeah. that bond. You know, it's kind of there's a lot of stuff that's unspoken in the in the movie that I like, the way the the way it's written. You know, a lot of that stuff is kind of unspoken. And yeah, you're right, Justine. When he goes to, he's so excited to go see his friend, and then you know it's said when he goes to the company commander and he goes. I'm looking for my friend, and then he tells him his name. And he goes, he goes, oh, that's the guy's name, and you know right there that oh, he's yeah. dead. You know, uh, they said we didn't even find his dog tags. They said he took it. You know, a bomb hit his foxhole. He never even saw it coming, and they said we didn't even find his dog tags. And he's just like, oh, holy crap! Yeah. Um, the part that made me mad though was when he's giving the speech at the end, and they're doing like their whole church thing. He's like, how'd you do with the? Oh, I forgot what it was called. Um, the Jewish the, service. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their Jewish um, 
service. Hanukkah celebration. Like, great. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But um, the part I had an issue with that one was when he goes, no one should have, like, think that they're a superior race over others. I'm like, uh, you guys do that here so i don't understand well that's the whole same shit here and when he does his whole speech i was like you guys are the racist ones (laughs) well that you know what justine that was a big that was a big push for civil rights that was a reason there was a huge push after the war because you know black soldiers had come back from fighting for their country and then they were right back to segregation so this was a this was a turning point for kind of a lot of civil rights leaders who said, you know, look, we just fought this type of oppression overseas. Like, and now we're, we're facing it here. So it's kind of interesting. You picked up on that, but, um, I, Oh, it showed me, I was so mad when he gave the speech. I was like, uh, what, <laughs> what are you saying? Right what now? I, what I thought was interesting there too, was a couple of the guys didn't bow their heads to pray. Like when the, when the father's like, when the priest is like, Hey, we're going to, yeah. we're all going to pray. And so it's kind of interesting to that at this time, especially in the United States, at this time, that they're acknowledging that maybe not everybody has that belief, or even under those circumstances. Well, and there was people who prayed differently as well. Like mm-hmm. you had a couple guys who got on their knees and prayed too. Like everybody was kind of doing something different. That was different. It was nice to see. Yeah, but you're right, Justine. That is something that sticks out when you watch a movie during this time. Um, you think about that. You know, like I'm I'm actually re reading. Uh, People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, and they're talking about, you know, all the stuff that got left out of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and you know, things like that. And you're, you're saying that all men are created equal, but you don't really mean it because, you know, we're still holding slaves. So um, that's a good point you brought up. Um, did you have well, a... Fi- it bothered me at the end of that. At the end of the movie, I was like, really? <laughs> I got... <laughs> I was getting pretty heated watching it. I was like, you well, shut up. Well, I just, can't. I mean, remember at this time, the, the, the time this is going on, you have Japanese Americans in internment camps too. I mean, that's going on as well. Um, so America, we've always been a country where we hold hold ourselves to these high ideals, but we don't always live up to them. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, been a, it's been a problem for years and years now. But um, uh, did you have a favorite among the cast as well was it was it van because it was your name after your uncle <laughs> no it was um the guy i was telling you um the oh layton layton yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i liked his story um i liked how he when you're first introduced to him and he sees the men marching his eyes light up and he just wants to be part of it mm-hmm. uh, and then you see him get scared like i liked his whole, his I, whole thing I, I love the whole thing you know one thing that when I saw this movie, it, um, it, it really made me think of something. I had a conversation with my uncle once, my dad's brother, who was in World War II, and he was a paratrooper, but he was in the Pacific. He was in the only uh, parachute. He was in the 11th Airborne, which was the only like airborne division in the Pacific. And uh, I think he did something like, I think he made like 11 drops or something during the war, something crazy like that. Um, you know, he signed up after... Pearl Harbor and then basic training. And so he, I think he was from like 43 to 45. He was in the, for the duration of the war, but he told me something once that this movie kind of demonstrated. And I asked him, I said, you know, he said he, he wanted to join the airborne because it was like the more glamorous, you know, you got like the cool jump boots and you got like extra pay. And it was like a little bit more, there was a little more glamor to it. But he said, you know what nobody tells you is once you hit the ground, you're just in the infantry. You're just like everybody else. Like, and so that's these guys, you know, these guys are 
glider because they talk about oh these gliders are great or jumping out of airplanes, but at the end of, at the end of the day they're just infant they're infantry like everybody else, and so that's what this movie really captures at the you know this wasn't something where they were doing some glorious like you know some kind of like hey we're gonna parachute in and save this town it's like no they're down on the ground digging foxholes and. And uh, yeah, and how creepy is it when they drop all those um, the letters from the sky? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that creeped me out. I was like, oh. Or they would know, or they like the radio. Don't they get the radio message and they're like, oh, yeah. welcome to the boys of the hundred and first. And that stuff used to happen all the time. They knew. Yeah. Tokyo. What was it? Tokyo Rose. Tokyo Rose. It's and so creepy, and I loved it at the same time. And Axis Sally, <laughs> I think, was the German. Um, and then. There's also uh, uh, the just the idea that you're being infiltrated, that you're like you're being, you know, that people are getting through, and that you you know you don't know who your enemies are. They're dressing like you and stuff like that. That adds a whole other element to it. Uh, Justine, uh, so I'm glad we we I knew you were gonna like this movie, but I wasn't. Oh, excuse me, jeez, I was a little nervous. I'm not sure because it's like I said, it's not like a typical war movie. It's a little bit more of like a character study of this group of guys during this time. So I wasn't sure, but, uh, I even liked that some of the comments, you can't see what's going on. The Germans are dressed in white. It's snowy. It's foggy. You don't know who's who. Oh yeah. That was really cool. You don't know who's who. Um, so I thought it was really, really, really well done. So let's rank it. Do you have anything else you want to add, Justine? Did you look up trivia? No, because it was 2 a.m. and I went to sleep. Okay. I feel like you would have looked up trivia if it would have been an earlier if I wasn't sleepy. If you weren't sleeping. But I'm hey, thanks for staying up to watch it. I'm glad you liked it. Um let me I'm gonna mute myself so I can look at your type in your scores. Okay. All right. We'll get to you last then, Justine. John, will you want to rank Battleground? Yeah, uh give it a nine. Nine. Nine for Battleground. Nice. Jake. I'll give it an eight and a half. Eight point five for Jake. Uh Patrick? No way. Nueve. Uh, I go. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'll give Battleground. I'm gonna give it a nine as well. I, I really like it. It's not a perfect movie, but it's it's darn close. Uh, Justine. Um, I'm gonna give it an eight. Eight. All right. Perfect. It doesn't give me everything I want, but I enjoyed it a lot. You, you enjoyed it a lot. Good. Uh, would you watch it again? That's always the Justine question. I already rewatched it. Wow! Hey. How about wow! That? There's there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> the kid who gets killed at the kitchen, Justine. He goes back to he runs away, and then they find out he's working in the in the kitchen at the back at the oh, base. Yeah. Did you recognize who that is? Mm-mm. It's the guard from the Dirty Dozen. It's the guard that that like he's like he becomes like the right hand man to Lee Marvin during the. And then he's like one of the, him. It's he's one of the three guys that makes it out. It's Charles Bronson, Lee Marvin, and then Richard Jackal, who's in that. Like he, that's him. It's he's super young in it though, but it's him. There were, we had a lot I of. Fr- we watched this in order, so I could like, you know, notice these people. <laughs> well, yeah, you can watch all the. You get. We're going to start your own podcast. You've seen it's called uh, Justine's War Files, and you're just going to watch war movies. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> Justine, what's on tap for next week? Um, next week we have 
The third man. Oh. Ooh. The third man in what? Sunset Boulevard. Oh, man. What a great... Who put that together? Yikes. <laughs> oh, we are going to go to some dark places, boys and girls. Some dark, dark places. But you're going to have Literally. fun. You're going to have fun. You're going to love it. Just to give you guys some some hope, uh, Sunset Boulevard is Billy Wilder. So just so you guys know. So. You loved him in The Apartment. You're in good hands. You loved him in... Uh, in uh, 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 some like it hot. And this is going to be a little bit different. John's yawning. Are you guy? okay? What's that? What's that? He's one of the main guys in some like it hot. No, no, no. He's he's the writer and director. He's the writer and director. Oh, oh, got And uh, look fast for a look fast for a cameo by the great Buster Keaton. Um, <laughs> Ass. Uh, all right, John. Happy anniversary, guys! What a great show. Happy anniversary. We didn't do anything special for the show, but it was great anyway. Great nonetheless. Just being together. Isn't it? That's special enough. I do miss you guys. I do miss doing the show face-to-face. I really do. Someday. When I'm awfully yeah. low. Look at Patrick. Pat- I'm feeling Patrick and, and uh, Patrick has a really nice chair, and then Jake's got, a pretty, Jake's got a pretty cool chair. This This podcast gives me chair envy now. And John, you're in some kind of. Are you on a sofa, John? Or what do you want a a, a duvet? No, I'm just in a wooden chair. Oh, really? <laughs> an old-fashioned wooden chair. Old-fashioned wooden chair, an rocking old, chair. An you, old wooden chair. What are you doing, like a Henry Fonda in My Darling Clementine? You're doing that thing where you, <laughs> yeah, you're lean, tilting back. You're tilting back, putting your feet I'm out. Tilting back. I love it. Yep. Uh, I don't know why that scene always sticks out in my in my when I watch that movie. That scene always sticks out in my mind when I. Just a scene when of people hit. say my darling Clementine, that's the scene I think of. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a very quiet moment because he's out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Leaning back in his chair, looking out. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Such a weird so little good. Yeah, great movie. All right. Well, we didn't cover it though. I can't find that on on digital. Somewhere. Mm. It's somewhere. We'll get to it eventually. But uh, next Maybe. week, guys, we're Justine, you'll be happy to know we're moving into the fifties now. Mm. So there's going to be less. We already passed the fifties earlier. We're we're passing it again. Again. We're passing it again. We've looped around. We've looped we're around. Back. Yeah, we're going to go back, and then um, and then when this is done, we're going to go back and catch the movies that I got since we got this. We're going to go back again. I'm kidding. We'll do that again. This will be the probably the biggest because we took so long to get through the eighties. That stuff was getting added. The eighties took so long that uh, that's what happened there. Mm. And we were on quarantine, so I had a lot of time to like go. Hey, I've never seen this. Hey, we should get this. Hey, let's do this. You know, so don't be sad. All right. Hey, this has been a great. The last five weeks have been great <laughs> for you, John. But the kids are. Yeah, the, the kids need some. They want to see things in no, color. They're, no, they're digging it. They got to see Van Johnson. So you know what. They're welcome. That's Justine's uh, uncle. <laughs> yeah, find out, Justine. Uncle, find out from your mom. Uncle I wonder Van. how many kids were named Van after him. I don't know. We got to find out which oh, June. I'm sure Dick. Got to find out which June she's named after. I'm sure Dick Van Dyke was a uh, was uh, named after him. Um, that's weird. Bobby Van. 
Bobby Van was probably named after Van Johnson. And of course, the shoe store. Oh yeah, Vans were named after uh, Van Wilder. Yeah. Oh yeah, Van Wilder. Yeah. What is Van short for? Mm-hmm. It's English translation of the German von. Wow. <laughs> no. That's not what you were pretty quick on that. Nope. Uh, uh, you were pretty quick right. on What? You guys are right. It was June Allison. How did you find out? I just ran downstairs. Oh, my God. Wow. No, you didn't. You just texted yeah, you your mom. You texted your mom. Say hi to your mom for me. June Allison, that's crazy. When we were when we were kids, I don't even know wow, you guessed it, Mario. When we were kids, June Allison used to make uh, diaper commercials for adults. Adult- <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? You remember that, John? Depends, right? Yeah, yeah. She was the first. Oh, much, you know what? How much must you pay a person? How much would you have to pay a person to do a diaper commercial as an adult? Well, then June Allison kind of had that top. She had that voice where it was a little bit like Carol Channing because I think she wore dentures by that time. So she would always have that, like a gr- a weird grin when she would do. And John, did you know who uh, the girl in uh, the Killers, uh, who ended up marrying the police officer, but she's there when 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 uh, Bert Lancaster falls in love with Ava Gardner. That was Mrs. Olson from the Fold. Yeah, from the Folgers commercials. From the Folgers commercials. It's we only use the finest blend. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I you know, it's it. weird. It is weird. Uh, yeah, she's also in a couple of those Universal Mummy movies, too. Oh, is she? And uh, you go, God, this is Mrs. Olsen. Where's the coffee? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mrs. Olsen was easy on the eyes back in the 40s. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Very beautiful. Very yeah, beautiful. Yeah. But, yeah, if if you want to see her again, I think she's like in The Mummy's Ghost. Oh, okay. And uh, he goes schlepping off into the uh, quicksand with her. Oh, nice. Well, that's sad. Nice. That's not that's yeah. not good for She's Mrs. Beautiful. Olson. That's not good for Mrs. Olson. Uh, <laughs> all right, Justine. Wow, your mom's named after June Allison. That's crazy. Um, we are we we actually will be watching a June Allison movie. We will be watching one movie with June Allison. Hmm. I wonder what that is. And it's it's oh, not it's the air. It's not a great movie, but there is a scene that there's one scene in this movie that that we're gonna watch it for. We're going to watch a whole movie for one scene. All right? Wow. Can't even imagine what that is. Oh, it's, it's I've the, done more for less. It's the corniest movie we're going to do of, of all the movies we're going to do. It is corny. It is cornball. Um, <laughs> right off the cob, brother. Oh, my God. No, Mortimer's nerd. It is corny, <laughs> but there is one redeeming scene in the whole movie, and we're going to watch a whole movie for one hmm. scene. So I'm surprised you haven't figured out what it is, John. Uh, all right, guys. I can't imagine. I haven't seen a lot of June Allison movies. I can't imagine what movie you're thinking. I'll give you. I'll give you the co-star, and you'll know what it is right away. But don't reveal it to the kids. Okay. Okay. Jimmy Stewart, James Stewart. Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. All right. I I think I've seen one June Allison movie in my entire life. Oh. Well, your mom was, uh, Justine's mom is named after her, so she was America's sweetheart. Really, uh-huh. truly was like America's sweetheart for like 10 years. She kind of was the, always the sweetheart role, like everybody's, yeah. When we're off the air, I got a really funny story that I heard about her. Oh, I know what story you're going to tell. I know what story you're going to tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't say that it's about, it's about okay. Justine's mom. All right, guys. Happy anniversary to you. I love you All right. 
John, Jake, Patrick, Justine, I couldn't do this without you. I mean, I could, but it would be boring. So, and the we love you guys. And I appreciate you guys doing this every week, week in, week out. For the love. You guys do it for the love, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> need to get something out of it. That was so great. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dead silence, and Patrick just goes. Patrick says nothing. Just Justine says nothing, and Jake just goes, uh huh. <laughs> I think Jake is painting stuff. I think he's actually. It looks like he's painting something. Painting by numbers. He probably uh, is. Hmm. All right. Okay, I'm wrong. I stand corrected, Jake. Uh, would you like to? <laughs> Patrick, any any words for our to to the audience for to, for eight years? Thank you, Justine. Um, I found out what the meat was in the Jack in the Box tacos, but I already forgot. It's soy. Yeah, so it's really good with ranch. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jake, any words of wisdom for the for the audience after eight years? Keep your expectations low. <laughs> I didn't say to read your wedding vows. I said, do you have any audio? Any, okay, John? Keep your feet on the ground and your head in the stars. Yeah. Thank you, Casey Kasem. All right, guys. That's it. We'll see you again. We're starting year eight next week. Well, technically this week, but it'll be, we'll be one week into year eight. Uh, next week, we'll be back with Sunset Boulevard and The Third Man. So for John, for Jake, for Patrick, for Justine, we say this transmission ends now and unity! Unity!